I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. This is a pre-recorded program presented by KSL News Radio and Intermountain Healthcare. Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. We discuss the important community issues of stronger mental health, emotional wellness, and the growing problem of addiction. Here's our host, Maria Chaleos, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Thank you for joining us this morning for Healthy Mind Matters. Today we are talking about COVID-19 and how it is affecting domestic violence in our community. And with me today is Jennifer Oxborough. She's the executive director of the Utah Domestic Violence Coalition. And Jennifer, thank you so much for being here today. And just for a second, talk about what you are seeing right now. How is the coronavirus really impacting our community? Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a real um real honor to talk with you and so important to us to be able to talk about our work so people know how they can engage with these services. Um, UDBC has been around since the late 70s, and we represent a team of programs across the state that provide free, confidential, community-based services to survivors of domestic and sexual violence. Um, Our programs offer things like emergency shelter. We help people obtain protective orders and navigate legal proceedings. We have lots of programs for children. Um, We have programs that help people rebuild their lives with work opportunities and housing opportunities and lots of behavioral health care support. And across the board, Maria, we are seeing an increased demand, about 50 to 60 percent increase in volume and call for those services since the uh, COVID-19 issues have come up. And especially, I think, as we're requiring people to probably shelter in place and be more isolated with an abusive partner. What are you hearing from families, from women, men? What are, what are they experiencing? Why is this number going up so much? Well, I think that stressors are uh, being exacerbated. So a lot of the stressors that have been there for a while, we've turned up the volume on it with um, all of the uncertainty and all of the health issues that are coming along with that. And the the unknown, we don't know how long Um, this pandemic will go on. We don't know how long the economic outcomes will affect families and communities. And so stressors are really, really high. Um, We also have a lot of children in Utah. We have twice the birth rate of any other state per capita. So we have a lot of kids at home right now. And I think that um, can exacerbate stress, but it's also an intergenerational risk for those kids when they're around violence and abuse. They're more likely to be the victim and or abuser in a future relationship. So it's a really important time to get some help if things are, are starting to um, 
to become abusive or violent or aggressive in these households. Right. You've kind of hit on something I wanted to ask you about, and that is, has this made more people act out? Like, are you are people seeing domestic violence in cases in families where they've never experienced this before? You know, domestic violence and abuse don't tend to come out of the blue. So um, if there were control issues, isolation issues, um, if there was a power and control issue that was unhealthy, it could be exacerbated by this type of a situation that we're facing with COVID. Um, but, you know, p- people will say, you know, I just snapped. Um, that's not actually clinically evidenced. I-, I work as a licensed clinical social worker. I've worked with many, many people who have experienced violence and also have perpetrated violence as well. And it's a choice. So being aggressive, being abusive, using power and control um, to, to, to manage a situation unfairly, unhelpfully, um, that's always a choice. It's, it's not a mental health issue. It's not something that just happens out of the blue. Um, but I do think that the, the additional stressors that I mentioned a minute ago are probably contributing to a higher prevalence as, as we see stressors go up. Um, you know, poor coping behaviors can, can be exacerbated, too. I'm trying to imagine how survivors are really dealing with this. I mean, it's a scary time. They're not supposed to even leave their home. How do they leave a frightening situation like this? Right. And it can be challenging for them to even find a way to reach out for help, um, which could be a tactic that an abusive person is using to maintain that power and control. So we have a lot of different ways that people can reach out to us. Um, You can find resources on our website at UDVC, that stands for Utah Domestic Violence Coalition.org. You can find us on Facebook. You can call totally for free, totally confidentially, anytime, 24-7, to our statewide hotline where we link people back no matter where they are. We can find help for them in Utah. We have this large network of sister programs that provide a whole range of services, Um, but you can talk to an advocate professionally trained advocate for free 24-7 at 1-800-897-LINK, L-I-N-K. And there are also outreach centers throughout the state with our member programs. So sometimes um, we have mobile outreach where we have victim advocates out in grocery store parking lots, um, out in the community, um, a lot of times working with our library systems and our school systems. Um, There are some outreach centers that are in strip malls. So if, you're, if a person who's at risk is going out for groceries or, um, you know, some essential uh, errand for their family, they might have an opportunity to try to find an advocate and engage with them. And that's really important because in dangerous situations in particular, high-risk situations, talking to an advocate will reduce the risk of reassault and violence by about 65%. Um, we can give people strategies to use. So if someone is listening right now, and they are really in need of a way to minimize the effects on themselves and their family. What is your first bit of advice to them? What should they be doing to maybe cope in this situation? Every situation is different. And so I always tell people that when they are surviving this type of violence and aggression in their home, they are the expert. And we have a real tendency when we care about people to tell them what they should be doing, Um, or blame them sometimes unintentionally. You know, why would you say? Why would you put up with that? Um, I would do it differently, right? Um, So we need to be really careful about how we engage with people who might be dealing with this. Um, Every situation is different. I think 
the survivor knows the reality of what they're trying to survive every day the very best. And so trust your instincts, but also know that if it's a dangerous situation, we really want you to reach out to 911 and, and engage with law enforcement so they can come and help you. We've trained over 75 law enforcement agencies in very specific domestic violence protocols. They're doing a great job. They're trying really hard to understand the complex issues in our, in our communities and our families and our households. And so reach out to them if ever there's a dangerous situation. And you can reach out free, confidentially, um, if it's a non-emergency issue, to us at that 1-800-897-LINK line. Is it your fear that while we're all socially isolated that women, or it could be men, I guess, are afraid or will be afraid to actually get the help that they need? Yes, absolutely. And I think it can be especially hard for men to reach out. Um, Overwhelmingly, domestic violence in Utah is perpetrated by a man against a woman. But it happens in same-sex relationships. It happens where men are sometimes the victim. Um, About 15% of our cases tend to be um, where the the man has been victimized. And we have services for, for everyone. We also work with a team of programs that provide services to people who are using aggression and violence. We have highly trained counselors. So we, we see more and more calls coming in to our hotline from people who are, are the aggressor, and they're looking for different strategies and help to change their life. So wherever you are with that situation. Um, and our programs are, are community-based and protected under the Violence Against Women Act, so we have a high degree of confidentiality. Um, it's set up that way so it is safe for people to call, and they have a place where they can reach out Um, We're never going to call the police on you or um, report things that are happening. We just, our job is to connect you back with resources and make sure that you have options. Right. Let me go back to one thing that you just mentioned, and that was the aggressors getting help, the aggressors reaching out. Talk about that for just a moment. You are seeing that where a person who has been acting out does want help? Yes, absolutely. We're seeing that more and more. Uh, Utah is doing a lot to improve the type of services um, and the intervention processes and the, the uh, comprehensive care for people who are, are using violence and aggression. Um, most of the individuals that I've worked with who are perpetrating um, domestic violence are, are doing it because they grew up around a household where that was the norm. Um, or they have some, you know, some complex issues. They, you know, they're also struggling with substance use disorder, or um, they don't have behavioral health supports in place to support a myriad of things that might be going on in their life. And so especially as financial stressors are becoming uh, more significant for families through, through the COVID outbreak, um, I worry that, that people who have been violent and controlling uh, may be coming more so and don't know that there are alternatives for them and safe places to turn for help. I am speaking today with Jennifer Oxborough. She is the executive director of the Utah Domestic Violence Coalition. If you are going through a domestic violence situation and you need some help, we need to take a break, but I want to make sure you have the number where you can reach out for help 24-7, and it is 1-800-897-LINK or 1-800-897-5465. We'll be right back. 